everyone, and welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Got a few things to get into today, uh, but before we do, just wanted to remind you folks, if you're not already following us on Twitter, please do so at Talking Tigs, no G in Talking. We're also on Facebook as the Talking Tigs podcast, and you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and now Instagram as well. Anyone got that Instagram handle real quick? Oh, no, we, we claimed it. We also claimed the TikTok, which I, you know, I'm not a big TikTok person, but we got it. Hey-o. So, so come and check out our, you know, we're putting out videos. We're trying to really expand on the content. So be on the lookout for that. You can follow us, but we got, we're at talking tigs on everything. So, uh, you know, find us, find us where you want us. Yeah, I'm running the, uh, the TikTok right now. We got two videos so far. We're hoping to come out with hopefully one at least every day. I don't know if I can keep up that pace. But uh, my, my friend Gary Vaynerchuk tells me to post at least twice a day. So uh, we'll see uh, about yeah, that. Yeah, Jake Paul said it was every day, bro. So mm-hmm. I think he yeah, but both of our footsteps. Both of our videos so far have over 400 uh, views at this point and like 50 likes a piece. So pretty good for like not running any ads and just posting them. Um, so excited about that. So follow us talking tigs on TikTok, And then, uh, Tommy's got the Instagram at talking tigs. Got two posts up there already as well. Watch out for more content. Yeah. Be looking out for that hashtag content. Uh, we are on fire with all this stuff. Talking tigs, TikTok. It's got a catchy <laughs> ring to it. Uh, and also Daniel, I think your friend Gary's right once, twice a day. It's probably enough. It's a marathon as I've been told, not a sprint. Um, few things to get into um lsu's got a new recruit um this is the anniversary of a certain qb committing and a certain qb uh well player passing uh we've got a uh, dismissal from the team to get into um lsu had a documentary about this fantastic season they just had um i don't know if anyone anybody saw it but uh the season or the documentary but we're going to get into that and also, there might be a little little vanity going on in Louisiana. We'll, we'll get to that with our uh, our, so, our social corner. Uh, but before we do, I want to check with my co-host, as I always do, to see how you guys are doing. Uh, I know you're probably still in, uh, you know, somewhat of a lockdown mode. Most of the country is loosening up. I hope you can feel it. You can see the the ripples coming towards you, the ripples of freedom. How are you guys doing? I'm telling you, it's just it's great to be here. You know, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on today, but I'm just having a good day and I'm happy to be on the podcast, happy to be talking LSU football, you know, and what more can you ask for? It's a good day. Tommy in high spirits. You love to see it. He had been a little bit down in the dumps. I've been a little bit of a doomer for the past couple, couple, uh, you know, yeah. a couple podcasts, but turning into a bloomer now. So <laughs> <laughs> love to see that. Yeah. I'm doing all right as well. Um, got to go to, to Baton Rouge again this weekend. So liking that and uh still just doing my thing we got tommy and i actually watched some some live sports this weekend we watched some golf uh it wasn't exactly the masters but it was something and then i think they they raced some nascar as well but didn't tune into that so things are starting again very uh, very good signs and hopefully that continues was this the the live golf you talked about was that the one with tom brady peyton manning no, so that one is actually this next weekend. I think it's on the 24th okay. of May. Uh, what we watched, though, is similar. It was Rory McIlroy and this guy, was his name Dustin Wolf? No, it was no, no. something. It's Wolf. Dustin Johnson, Matthew, Rory McIlroy. Yeah. yeah, so it was 2v2 skins match. Um, 
uh, with Roy McElroy, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, and Matthew Wolf at this beach like course in Florida. And they were playing for charity. Um, but they were playing against each other, two V two skins. It was pretty fun. It was kind of a weird format. Like they were tied on the last hole. Well, not even tied. The Fowler team was up and then, but they, some money was still in the air. So they went to a closest to the pin, like playoff. And then they just kind of hit it. And then it was over. And they didn't even really show that whose ball was closest. They just kind of announced that the Dustin Johnson Rory team was the winner. And like, that was all, but uh, <laughs> it was very <laughs> anticlimactic. Like he just hits the, they both hit their balls. And then like, they didn't even measure it. They were just kind of like, Oh yeah, Rory's closer. And then it was like, game over they, all right thanks guys because they went a whole day like battling back and forth 18 holes and then they decided it by just one shot like from the fairway <laughs> but uh so hopefully the tiger phil um tom brady and peyton manning was a little more exciting i'll definitely be tuning into that i mean the, it was exciting to watch the when ricky was i mean ricky had the whole had his team on his back which is pretty cool to watch like so yeah but uh tommy I, i'm glad to hear you're in better spirits i guess it's true what they say april showers bring me flowers because uh you know just kind of had like a little cloud over you for uh for a good part of april but now i can see the flowers starting to bloom hope springs eternal also as they say uh also with um some flowers blooming this this lsu recruiting train that keeps chugging along uh they they got another recruit so i figured we could cover that first um because everything else is kind of a supplementary but I want to throw this to our senior recruiting correspondent with uh, Daniel Uh-oh. to uh, catch us up on the the latest recruit uh, in, in Tigerland. Uh, yes, so just this morning, Monday the 18th, we got a commitment from, I'm probably going to mispronounce this like I do half the recruits, but Kari, K-H-A-R-I-G-G-E-E out of uh, Woodward Academy and over in your neck of the woods in Atlanta, Scott, He's a uh, four-star safety and the number 18 safety in the country. He committed to the Tigers, uh, continuing our run of -of out-of-state commitments. And we actually reposted his recruiting video on our our commitment video on our Instagram and our TikTok as well. So you can check that out there. He's got some pretty cool highlights. And so glad to to welcome him to the Tigers. That's the, uh, the second safety we have in this class. So I wouldn't really expect to get any more, maybe so, but probably one more safety at the most, especially since I think we took two safeties in the 2020 class also. Yeah, quick tip on that. Uh, he, he came from Woodward Academy, and I don't know what you guys could equate it to down in Louisiana, but Woodward would be like the Harvard of the, the college football huh. world. Got a big so, brain. Yeah, so what would be the equivalent down in Louisiana to say, you know, like a, a Harvard prep type school? Uh, St. Thomas More, something like that. Maybe like Jesuit or like Isidore Newman, maybe. Yeah, Newman, maybe. Like so. So wait, do they play in the same in the same league as like uh, Love It? I don't think so. I think they play in like a private school type league. Well, no, I mean, like, is it Love It? Like, you know, Love It. Yeah, and LSU are they? I mean, not LSU in Georgia. So are they? Do they play in like a public school league as well? Or I, I thought they did. Oh, okay. I mean Woodward plays. No, Woodward. There's like a private school academy. I, I don't think Woodward plays against like the the quad or the five five A schools. Okay. I, they just no. That, <laughs> that would be a, that'd be a bloodbath probably. But um, no, I mean, but the school itself, top of the line. Yeah. As far as private schools go. Um, I mean, you can see there are buses all over Atlanta trying to get students 
to this very nice private school right by the airport, actually. Hmm. Um, but no, I just thought it was worth mentioning that um, he, he went to a very prestigious academy before he committed to the Tigers. Um, but I believe that was that was all we had on the recruiting front, right? Yeah, there was uh, actually the number one safety in the country, Quincy McHistory, in Alabama cut his, to his top five, including LSU yesterday, I believe. And so hopefully we can bring him in to continue. We've got the number one or number two cornerback. That will be three years in a row if we can get his commitment. He's got a cool nickname, Kool-Aid. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully we can get his commitment soon. But keep an eye on that one. And But now, isn't it uh, that, that safety you're talking about, isn't he um, predicted to go to Clemson? I think I saw that. McHistory? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the two, I think the top – Candidates for him are Clemson and Auburn. He's from Alabama. And so LSU is kind of like the number three, I think, at this point. But he was in there. It was like official top five. Wait, Daniel, can we just talk about that that uh, that quarterback one time? Uh, the guy who, who oh, yeah, released yeah. his top three? <laughs> so there's this quarterback, Demetrius Davis, who you've heard us talk about Zach Evans and his commitment saga. This guy was actually Zach Evans' quarterback at North Shore High School outside so he of Houston. Learned a thing or two from, uh, he learned a th- thing or two from Zach about the way, to, the way to troll teams. But Davis, the quarterback, is in the 2021 class. I think he's the number two or three dual-threat quarterback, and he was committed to Virginia Tech for a long time. But he just decommitted for Virginia Tech about a month ago. And a lot of people were thinking he was going to go to Auburn. That was where everybody was predicting. And then two days ago, he dropped on Instagram his official top three, which included Virginia Tech, where he decommitted from LSU and Texas A&M. So he didn't even have Auburn, who everyone was thinking he was going to. And then um, all, all the people were thinking, what is this guy doing? Like, is he just trolling everyone? Is he actually going to go to Auburn or is, maybe is he going to go back to Virginia Tech? And then the next day after, he deleted the post and committed to Auburn anyway. So the team that wasn't even in his top three. So these kids, I don't, I don't know what's getting into them. They're just playing the game. But they, they love to see the just the fans go crazy over them. Yeah, I think they're playing themselves, though, at some point. They don't really make themselves look good. I would say. I know. It's like you, you could say, well, it's not going to hurt them. You know, if they put in three good years and stay out of trouble in college and they get drafted, then, you know, everything falls by the wayside. But I just don't think that they're, you know, setting a good foot forward for themselves by doing that, you know, like by doing what Zach Evans did. Because, yeah, he, he signed somewhere and he's, he's committed somewhere and he's going there. But, I mean, does that really mean he's changed his ways? Like if he tries to pull that stuff like that before the draft – you know, no one's going to touch him. No well, you know, I think, Scott, I think kind of what you're getting at is, you know, it's like you can stick your hand in the snake pit a few times and not get bit, but eventually you will. And Zach Evans is kind of the, the culmination of, of that, you know, that taking that chance. Because for months on months on months, you know, he, I'm committed here, 100% commit. No, never mind, I'm going here. No, I don't want to play here anymore. No, I'm here. And eventually when when he you know kind of quit playing musical chairs and said all right i want to go to georgia georgia said you're so much trouble we don't even want you yeah like to but, start out with he had his pick of the litter of the football oh yeah he could have gone anywhere number one in the country best talent most talented guy and you know and now he can't he couldn't even find a place to go and you know i guess he settled on tcu but i don't think that when when I know for a fact that when we were talking about Zach Evans, none of us would have picked TCU and I don't think he would have picked TCU. So, it, you know, I think that it's probably, it's, it's 
with the way that with the way that recruiting has gone over the past probably five or six years, um, as the social media has has gotten more and more into everybody's life, and everybody wants a brand, and everybody, especially these these young athletes, want to start branding themselves at you know as a sophomore. Um, it's a double edged sword. It's really good because you can you can uh, you know take yourself up to the next level and and kind of make yourself into make yourself more valuable and more attractive to schools and, and then potentially in the, you know, to pro um, pro scouts from a very early age, you can control your own message. But if you don't do it, uh, if you don't do it smart, you know, you might end up like Zach Evans. So we'll see, we'll kind of see how uh, Demetrius, yeah, Demetrius, uh, what we you know, what ends up with him, but it's, you're kind of, you're kind of playing with fire a little bit. Definitely. I think some of it's excusable because of how young he is. And once he gets into college, finds the groove of things, realizes that, you know, what you were in high school is not what you're going to be in college. And that's definitely not what you're going to be in the pros, you know, just considering the odds of things. So I don't know. You, you kind of see stories like this where you see a really, really good talent. We don't know if he was generational necessarily, but just a really good talent kind of getting in their own way with how they approach things. But, you know, once you get to college, it's a whole new game. You know, it's, it could be totally different by the time he gets to the pros and he could, uh, you know, very well matured and be the, you know, the best prospect for a team out there. You know, I guess we'll see. Um, but so moving on from Zach, I feel like we've devoted more time to Zach Evans than we probably should have. For sure. Uh, yeah. And we could, uh, we could just kind of play it by ear and just see what he does at TCU. Who knows? Maybe they'll play the Tigers uh, sometime in the next few years. But um, just to give it a little bit of balance, along with the commit, LSU also had a, another dismissal, unfortunately. Uh, Dante Starks, a linebacker, was dismissed for the team kind of indefinitely you know, due to a violation of team rules. He was suspended back in, I think, January or February. I think it was February for something that happened in January you know, in his personal life. Um, so he was kind of suspended, but now he's been dismissed for the team. And, you know, the, the team kind of just takes the high road and says it's for a violation of team rules. But he kind of personally came out himself and said it was, uh, you know, more of an academics issue, which, you know, you kind of have to commend him for, for just kind of coming out with it. Um, but it's also completely understandable. Uh, I think when we hear violation of team rules, you know, a lot of fans might think it's, you know, it's something illegal or something that, you know, you can't recover from. But academics are definitely something they can recover from. Um, you know, I've done it myself, but there was, uh, well, he actually kind of put out a quote for himself, Daniel, I think you have that readily available. Can you, uh, kind of just give us the, the highlight of it? Sure. So he posted on Twitter just from his notes on his iPhone, a little paragraph. I'll just give a couple lines from it, but he said, I didn't get dismissed because of guns, drugs, et cetera. That February situation that happened, I accepted that and moved on. Mistakes happen. It's life. I got dismissed because of my academics. The schooling part is my weakness, and I'm okay with admitting that. To the people wishing and hoping me the best, I appreciate y'all. And to the people bashing me and talking about, it, about me, I appreciate y'all as well. So, so he loves he's the haters. To, yeah, he's trying to clear the air. Um, I, I don't really know if it did it for me. Hopefully, obviously, it is his academics, which is something he can get help with and improve on. And I uh, hope to see him back, especially since LSU's linebacking core will be so thin this year. I, I was about to say, like, you know, the, the, the thing that instantly jumped to my mind was, of course, the linebacking core. And 
you know, this already makes, this makes me even more thankful for Jabril Cox because I mean, you know, we, as we might've lost a, uh, you know, a, a great talent in Dante Starks, we gain, we have already gained and we'll be, you know, starting a uh, all American uh, linebacker in that middle linebacker spot. So, you know, you don't want to see, you never want to see anybody go. Um, and you never, especially, you know, for, you don't want to see somebody get kicked off a team, but, um, I, I'm just, I'm just glad that we have that solid talent in the middle and we're not going to be, you know, we, can you imagine what we'd be talking about if we hadn't gotten Jabril Cox right now and we lost another linebacker and now we're looking at, you know, are we going to start all freshmen? Are we going to start all, you know, or are we going to have to move another person? Cause at one point we moved, uh, you know, move, uh, what a wide receiver to linebacker. So and all of this, uh, I might add, with a uh, defensive transition, you know, both with a defensive and- transition into a scheme that relies heavily on inside linebackers. So, uh, not not great news out of LSU out of the LSU program. Not great news for Dante Starks, but I still I'm still confident that Pelini has us uh, has us ready to go, and that you know we probably won't even if he doesn't make it back onto the field, we probably won't notice it. Right. And, you know, you, you got to look back to two years ago when uh, Joe Burrow is transferring in. That was the biggest question mark for the Tigers. Like, well, we got a great defense. we got good running backs, good wide receivers. You know, what, what about the quarterback? And he kind of answered that. And now it's a point where I understand quarterback is, is what it is. But I, I think Malibu Spring is completely capable. But now it transitions to, you know, who's, who's going to be in the defense there? Who's going to be that, that linebacker? Because that's usually what LSU's had. Now, they've had a pretty good run of putting high-quality – linebackers into the nfl so and they just they just lost some to uh after this last season uh but yeah could you imagine if uh if jabril cox had the impact that joe burrow had even just in one season um that, that could be completely uh just sustain the success they've already had but just kind of keep keep linebacker you going that whole thing uh but that's amazing but um i, I did want to speak in you know now, now that i mentioned joe burrow uh, did we did want to mention here on the pod that today is May 18th, and that would be two years to the day, I believe, uh, that we got the commitment of one Joe Burrow from Ohio State out of a transfer. And, um, yeah, I, I'd say that was damn well worth it. Uh, I don't know. What, what, what do you guys say, Tommy? It's been two years. I mean, it, we, we, we had – higher hopes than we had before he got here. But uh, yeah, what, what, what do you think of like what you thought before Joe Barrow got here? And what do you think now? I mean, to be honest, I just don't think it was worth it at all. Like, I think, I think anybody could have done what he did. No, I'm totally kidding. Uh, it was absolutely worth it. I mean, you know, when we, when he, we picked him up, uh, I think everybody collectively was like, okay, great. Like somebody else, but it's kind of, it was kind of the same effect as like, okay, well maybe he'll be, let's just hope he's like, a, he's a Danny Etling type. Let's see if we can get somebody like him in. Right. <laughs> you know, we were just hoping for something like that. And, um, and you know, he was, he was that and everything more really, you know, he elevated our program to a whole other level. We took another step up, up the ladder of into, you know, the elite programs um, in the college football playoff landscape uh he did so much for you know he won the heisman won the national championship 15 and 0 uh broke every record 
and did it all and, and you know did it all with class and uh and representing the institution well representing the state he i think the most important thing or one of the most important things is and he talks about it a lot you know in his interviews is he he recognized early on and appreciated what lsu meant to the state of louisiana and i think that's something that coach o talks about a lot and he impresses on uh all of the players but it's something that joe took seriously and he didn't really have to because coming from ohio um you know it's not really you know it's he i don't think he probably didn't even know where Baton Rouge was before he came here. You know, he probably didn't know what, uh, you know, what all the tradition and what all the, you know, how, how big LSU is to this state. And so for him to embrace it and, you know, as he said, and as many have said, and really come into a culmination of, of embracing that with his uh, EAUX jersey on senior night, it, you know, it's, it's a looking back on it, you know, today I've, I've thought about it because everybody's posting oh yeah two years ago today two years ago today and i really can't believe it happened you know it, it's a it's still it, sometimes when people we talk about the national championship i still don't think i don't i'm still like oh man like still get kind of nervous so it's it just an amazing you know an amazing story I'm, I'm and i'm just glad we got to witness it i think we all i think we all as lsu fans should just as much as we can appreciate what we saw what we just saw because it was not this is like, this is not, I think I'm, I'm, I'm actually starting to get really on the miles Brennan train. I'm, I'm excited. I think that a lot of people, you know, a lot of people inside the program are saying he's taken that leadership role and you can kind of see it in some of his uh, social media activity as well. But I don't think that anything will touch that season uh, from last year and not, and, 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 you know, to have a successful season, you don't have to touch that season, but we all, I think we all need to all, yeah. Anytime we think about it, we need to just appreciate what we got to see because it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. To be honest, Joe Burrow was average at best his first year at LSU. People tend to forget this. Daniel never I, forgets. I, I was going to say, <laughs> I, I said that Joe Burrow would once again be average at best this past <laughs> year. And I hope people forget that. <laughs> Oh man, we might have to expose you with some old takes, Daniel. I might have to go into the archive and dig up some audio. That's what you got to clip. But he improved his game in a way that you hardly ever see. Obviously, he had a lot of improvements around him as well, but him being the focal point of the offense and the team as a whole just took it to a whole other level. And that is really something special because there's superstars every year, but typically superstars don't come from the middle ranks. You already, you already know who they are and that they don't just kind of step out of the shadows, but that's what Joe Burrow did. And to, like I said, we didn't think that much of it when it happened. I was like, Oh, we got Ohio state's backup quarterback. Cool. I guess yeah. <laughs> uh, he wasn't good enough to play to Ohio state. Great. <laughs> Glad he's at LSU now. And then a lot of people were thinking that he and Miles Brennan would be competing for that job way back yeah. then. And then now Miles, I guess to his dismay, has been sitting behind him for the past two years. But I wouldn't trade it for any other way. Yeah, and when you sit back and think about it, like what's happened the last few years, like specifically as far as um, quarterbacks transferring to another top-tier Division One program, you know, when they just left one. I'm thinking Justin Fields going from Georgia to Ohio State, Kyler Murray going from Texas A&M to Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, Taylor I would Hurts. say 
yeah, Jalen Hurts going from Alabama to Oklahoma. And, you know, the Burrow to, from Ohio State to LSU, it didn't really have the same appeal. It was, it was kind of something to Ohio State. But, you know, the rest of the country, you know, there was, there was very few teams in contention. So it wasn't really like a big story because uh, he, he'd never really seen the field that much. No one knew who he was. But he had the bigger impact out of all of those. Like Calamari, yeah, I know he won the Heisman. Oklahoma did okay. Um, Justin Fields was, ex, you know, ex, you know, expecting big things from Georgia, but he just he didn't want to wait like a lot of these guys. So he went to Ohio State. And he, what's funny is, uh, you know, if these guys would have just come to LSU, the one team that you know everyone in America could agree needed a good quarterback. Who knows? These guys probably could have seen the promised land much earlier. But, you know, just Joe Burrow to LSU was a big story to us because we got this highly touted QB and we needed one. And lo and behold, it worked out. I would say, you know, it, his, his success was also predicated upon um, Joe Brady coming to LSU. You know, that's, I think that was half of the equation. Joe Burrow was, I'd say, one half, maybe even 75% of it. But um, having Joe Brady there was that other 25 to 50%. And uh, I, I think they might both agree to that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, you know, there's, there'll be some more QBs that want to transfer. And I think we have our guy in Miles Brennan, but, you know, who knows after that. But just just think about that because none of these guys that transferred had the same impact as Joe Burrow. And he kind of just flew under the radar except for his respective fan bases. And, and the, I think that the most – I think that, you know, Joe has said it a lot um, on different shows and podcasts and whatever, and I really like it, that he says it this way is, you know, Coach O took a, took a chance on him and he took a chance on Coach O because if, if things don't go the way they do and, you know, he starts – and he starts Burrow and Burrow's mediocre and then Miles is mediocre and they – and, you know, if, if, if he benches – if Burrow's mediocre, he benches Burrow, he puts Miles in, you got quarterback by committee, you never really have a quarterback – who knows if O if how how long O stays? I remember I was I was looking back on some of our old podcasts um, earlier today, and we were talking to our friend Josh Lemoyne, and he was saying, you know, if if they don't have a successful season this year, Coach O is on the hot seat, and that was you know I think every we all agreed everybody was saying pretty much the same thing. It's like yeah, you know, maybe we maybe we do need to make a move. Maybe um, maybe LSU should have moved move forward with somebody else when, when Woodward was hired, you know, we were saying, Oh, this is a guy who wants to win and he wants to win now. And if coach O can't do it, then he's willing to make, he's willing to pay money for somebody who can't. And so it was, you know, it, it really is uh, a, it, it really is cool to, that Joe recognizes that. And he talks about it because as much as it is about him, it's also about coach O, you know, going out there on a, a and, and kind of sticking his neck out for a guy who never played a snap of, division one college ball right i don't think he'd ever played in or had maybe he'd played a few in in like a blowout but no, again, he, yeah, you know, he, no he had some stats he had stats okay but not a meaning he hadn't played meaningful no, you know no he com, didn't conference ball or hadn't played in a playoff game that kind of right stuff. right no definitely and uh like you said he took a chance on coach o because i believe Ur- urban meyer was his coach at ohio state when he decided to leave right like he Ryan Day took over, I think, that next season, and that's when Ohio State also made the playoff. But uh, the storyline was, you know, Joe Burrow playing his old team. I think Urban Meyer was there when he left. So, yeah, it's like you're going from Urban Meyer, who just won a championship with the team that you committed to, where you saw all of your dreams, 
coming to fruition. But now you're going to take a chance on this uh, this new coach in Louisiana whose one coaching head stint did not go, you know, necessarily great. Whose team one year earlier lost to Troy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we kind of forget about that. We forget I mean, about that, yeah. Well, thank, thank goodness. It needs to be forgotten because <laughs> – it was it was an alarm. It was a wake up call, maybe for Coach O. It was, I don't know. It was a flash in the pan. Good for good for them. But uh, you know, I'd seen something this week. It was it was about uh, you know if there was one what if that you could pose for the college football. I think it was ESPN. They had you know had different pictures of coaches, players, teams, whatever. What would it be? And you know, Coach O in a USC trojan shirt being carried off the field by his players was one of them that came up and i guess you know from their fan base you you got to be able to you know just have sympathy for him because yeah in their minds they're thinking what if we had coach o we would have won that title i don't know if it's that easy because they wouldn't have had joe burrow and they wouldn't have had joe brady but yeah i think they would have had a very good coach and the pac-12 might still be relevant more than it is now um actually yeah that's right they said they might not even have a season we, we can probably get into that in a little bit but uh yeah i don't know if that directly corresponds to them hoisting up a trophy this year instead of lsu but yeah i mean they they passed on a good one just just because they they didn't you know coach o wasn't a country club guy yeah. as as he says so um i we, saw that what if post and the, the the two things that came to my mind uh similar similar to yours we're almost like you know the the twilight zone like a bad version is like the what if of tom herman in an lsu in lsu you know or or uh jimbo fisher 75 million dollars for jimbo fisher at lsu right well yeah i don't know that would have been a little bit different because they would have got rid of him that year that they really wanted to Uh it was just you know politics and uh you know there's a budget budget issue that particular year but yeah i don't know who's to say uh lsu might not have won a title with fisher by now they might have who knows uh you know would joe burrow wanted to play for jimbo fisher who knows um all all these what ifs uh i think my biggest what if would have been if nick saban did not leave baton rouge for the dolphins or even if he did if he was allowed to come back, because that's what I'd heard is, you know, after his year, after he was just done with the dolphins, he actually wanted to come back to LSU. And he, uh, he reached out to speak skip Bertman and skip Bertman and said, no, thank you. I mean, they already had less miles at that point and the program had kind of sustained itself. You know, they just came off 11 and two seasons. So um, I guess in skip Bertman's views, like, you know, we're good. Thank you though. Uh, but could you imagine if Saban, did come back to, to LSU, what you know that might have been. I don't know. Is there is there a bigger what if for you guys, you know, in college football, let's say the last 10 or 20 years? I, th- I think I think, yeah, I think you nailed it with the Saban one. I mean, I don't know if I it's so it's so hard to say. Um, but you know, after after Saban won in in 03 with LSU, we were pretty much poised to to build, you know, we could have, we could have been Bama before Bama was ever something. a thing. We could have been, something. we could have been something, <laughs> but you know, I, I also don't think that I, I would not want to, I think that this, you know, like keeping it, keeping the timeline as it is, you know, I would not want to 
use my infinity gauntlet to change the, <laughs> to change, change what's going on because uh, having, having, having Cocho and having Joe Burrow win in the way they do, you know, I don't think you could get that. Cause it's like, you can tell when Cocho talks about the win, when he was, when he was there accepting the trophy, when we, when he was at the, uh, the celebration, the parade and everything. I mean, he loves, this is, this is it for him. This is his life. You know, Saban wins and they say that the next day he's in the office talking about next year. And I mean, like I, there's some, there's some merit to that because you do want to move on and you do want to keep winning and keep, you know, the program doesn't stop because you win one game, but I don't think anybody embraces would embrace it the way that, that O does. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, plus it's think about it for him, you know, Saban, I don't even know what his, in his mind would have been his dream job, mm-hmm. but for coach O that was LSU. You know, he grew up wanting to, to play there. He, he almost did, but he ended up at, what was it? Northwestern. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so but it'd be LSU was his dream job. So I don't know how you can top winning a title at your dream job, which that's what it would be for Coach O. I mean, I don't know if the you know if the NFL came calling if he would necessarily want that, but uh, I think he's already had his dream job. So I think that's you know where do you go from there? I think you know the fact that if if it's true that Saban wanted to come back to LSU, maybe that was you know for him it was like I really like that place. Because, you know, he could go anywhere after that, um, after you win a title, pretty much anywhere. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't imagine LSU having four titles during the 90s, early 20-teens. Uh, I mean, they almost, almost had two with Coach Miles, so it's not that far-fetched. But, anyway, I, I don't know. That, that's what I would say is, um, yeah, you could have had another title, maybe, maybe another title. We'll say at least guaranteed one. But – um, would that be more valuable than the season that we just saw? You know, it's like, it's yeah, just another, title year. another title year versus what we just saw. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't think you can top that. I don't know if the program <laughs> or any program is really going to top that, you know, based with what we saw with uh, the stats and the, the accomplishments and just, you know, the fact that we just talked about a, a coach at his dream job. So I don't know. I'd, I'd say it's a season for the ages, which <laughs> you like that segue? Well, hey, you're not the only one who says that. <laughs> I don't say it often, though. Oh. But um, I don't know if, if you folks were able to watch, but there was a, you know, a documentary this week on ESPN slash SEC Network titled One for the Ages uh, about the historic season that we just saw. Um, I was able to watch it. Were, were both of you? I did not, unfortunately, get to watch it. I had to work late unexpectedly that day. But I remember every minute detail of the season. So it was basically <laughs> just like thinking about it. Yeah. You got your own. You got your own. Dana watched, he replayed that tape in his head. <laughs> I, just stare, I just stared at my TV for an hour and then like that was it. <laughs> All right. Well, that, I mean, that, that makes it simple. I'll go to you, Tommy, um, since you saw it. What, uh, what did you think? You know, I thought it was I thought it was great. Very well done. You know, it kind of reminded me of like an NFL films type thing. Um, with the dramatic, dramatic narration and kind of the, mm-hmm. you know, the, I thought the images looked incredible, like the film, you know, like the, yeah. and it, everything was like really clean, slow motion, really high quality. Um, thought, I mean, I thought it was great. The one thing that I thought was kind of weird though, and I don't know if you, I don't know if you thought this Scott. did you feel like they kind of rushed through like the playoff? <laughs> yes. Well, I, I had an overall uh, thought about that, but it's, it's, it's basically what you're talking about. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll say what I have to say in a minute, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Like for me, you know, they just, uh, it was, it was, they went through the season. They like spent a lot of time on the Florida game, which was an important game. They spent a lot of time on that Alabama game, which was an even more important game. Um, but then they get to the, they didn't even, they didn't even mention that they played Oklahoma. They just said, kept, you know, the team kept winning. <laughs> and then they showed one Bye-bye touchdown. Jaylen. Yeah. Right. Jalen gets no, no respect. They forgot Joe Aaron it out seven times in one half. They showed one touchdown from the Oklahoma game. Didn't mention anything about the score. It was probably, I, honestly, that, that film editor was probably an Oklahoma grad because that's the only way that you would leave all that out. <laughs> um, and so they, they showed one touchdown from the Oklahoma game, then go to the national championship. And they're like, you know, the Tigers go home to New Orleans for a, for a redemption or something like that. And then it's right. like, they show one touchdown. They're like, and they won. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I guess that, that was my only criticism of it is um, they just kind of glossed over a lot of stuff with the season. Uh, I agree with you. I thought it, it did look good. I like the storylines they presented. I thought they had a lot of good, you know, behind the scenes stuff, stuff we haven't seen before, uh, you know, locker room, just interviews, things like that. Um, you know, and they had some, you know, the footage of Burrow running out of the tunnel, you know, they used a lot of, uh, basically tiger you know the tiger video department's footage um and you know but they did kind of gloss over some games you know it's i feel like you know if you watched all the games there is a you know rising and falling of tides like in especially in the texas game the alabama game uh you know you could say florida too but you know clemson is but you know they kind of glossed over it and this is just a personal thing for me but if it's kind of like a documentary, kind of like you said, it was like the NFL films. They, they had that, you know, that mood going, that storyline with the narrator. But I don't know. I personally like my documentaries to kind of tell like a more linear storyline mm-hmm. because, you know, they were doing each game and they would talk about two to three scores, even though LSU might have had six. Or the other team, you know, they might have had LSU on the ropes early but then LSU came back. It's like they, they omitted a lot of that. And it's like it wasn't until the fourth game in the season when they talked about kind of how they got Joe Burrow. So I don't know. Just me personally, I like a more linear storyline, but I thought they, the, the story they did have was good. We told a good story. You had some good behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, we can see how uh, next season's documentary compares to this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, it, it, was, it was good. It's, uh, you know, I started watching – last dance also but i, I kind of can see very similar styles with these two it's like they're yeah. trying to tell an a to z story but they're going from like a to g back to c then up to k you know which is fine uh, it's kind of like a tarantino style documentary on <laughs> yeah last dance gets a little bit easier once you get farther into it because at the very beginning there's a big time gap because they're doing like one season a year so they're like at the 98 season which is at the end but then they jump all the way back to like in the late 80s yeah, and like, like 92 <laughs> and then you're yeah, exactly. like i don't because then like dennis rodman is on the pistons and all of a sudden he's back on the bulls <laughs> <laughs> um but it gets easier to the end you're like all right they're like coming through in 88 and they're about to play and or 88, uh, 98, and they're about to play in 99. So, no, I got that completely wrong. 97 and 98. But, yeah, so I watched the, the end of that last night, and it was pretty good. Uh, Jordan got a little bit emotional at the end. I won't, won't spoil it for you. But uh, I'll spoil it for the audience that the Bulls won the championship, uh, if you didn't know. So, uh, 
Sorry. <laughs> do, the, do the spoiler rules apply to a, a 22-year-old <laughs> 22-year-old NBA championship? <laughs> What's the time limit you can you have to wait to be able to talk about that? You know, that's a good question. I would say it, more than five years. Uh, no, over a year. Come on. No, sports? Sports, I'd say like, like two 10 eight. minutes. <laughs> How could you not know otherwise? But, you know, if it was like a um, – a TV show? Oof. I don't know. That's, that's a different question. You know, if it was Friday Night Lights and, you know, you, you know the, the quarterback gets killed, you, you don't want to know that until, until you get to that episode. I'd say you get maybe six months on a TV show, maybe three months on a movie. That's you cool. know, I'm, I'm kind of I'm a crazy person, and you can call me insane or whatever, but spoilers don't bother me. Like – I, yeah, Tommy. Tommy seeks out the spoilers. Like, I kind of do sometimes. Like, if there's like a the Star Wars movie. Tommy's like, I gotta know the spoilers. Like, he's like searching for them. Oh, I always look at the speculation and like kind of run it against what I thought, and and then like I want to see if it plays out because it doesn't take away from the story. Like, if it's a good story, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like you know captivated even if it's not even if it's even if I know exactly what's gonna happen. That's I mean I think that's like the mark of a good of a good story. Yeah, I don't really. Oh seek them out but i don't really avoid them either it's kind of just like if i if somebody says something about a show that i'm like okay whatever like i got in i watched a little bit of game of thrones towards the end and i heard the very ending i was like oh well, there it is and then i watched a couple episodes at the beginning and that was fine uh maybe it would have been a little bit better if i didn't know but it's not, not the end of the world you're right it's not um well i think uh uh, well, you know, hey Scott, you know what's you know what comes up right below a spoiler there? What's that? A license plate. Oh, <laughs> did you just think of that? Yeah, I did. That's good. See, that's good. That's what we. That's what. We, <laughs> that's what we pride ourselves on here at Talking Tigs is that that quick wit. Um, thank you, Tommy, for that not so obvious segue into license plate bill. Uh, but you're actually the one that sent me that story. So I, was, I figured I could uh, let you talk about it. But um, if you are the type of person that does not usually get a vanity plate, you know, uh, for instance, you know, someone that would, instead of just having a random uh, numeric and alpha letters, you know, you, you physically get to spell out your name, like, Bad as B A D A Z Z. If that's the type of person you are, if you're a little boozy, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, something like that. But you know, if you're the type of person that wouldn't normally get, you know, one of those license plates, or um, or maybe if it's you know not your style to to donate, I have something for you. Or I don't have something for you. The state of Louisiana is going to have something for you, and it's going to be in the form of a vanity plate commemorating the national championship football season that just just happened uh so tommy would you uh would you mind giving us up the particulars for this program so uh you know louisiana does a lot of um does a lot of good license plates like that they do one for coastal conservation they do they've got a a regular lsu one um it's you know it, it looks pretty cool it's got like a tiger head on it so you can get like a bunch of different commemorative and some of them kind of help charity or whatever um this one, uh, it'd be, and since I'm kind of, I kind of work in the government sector, I saw this, but uh, House, the House Transportation Committee, so the Louisiana State House, just p- approved a bill to create uh, a specialty license plate in honor of LSU's uh, national championship. 
And kind of the the little poignant, you know, fact about this uh, about this law is that it's it's actually passed in honor of um, the late Reggie Bagala, who was uh, he was a legislator who was just elected like eight months ago, you know, or actually less than that, I guess, like six months ago in November, and he passed away because of COVID, which was kind of scary. Um, yeah. And I'd met him a couple times. He was a very, very nice guy. But, um, you know, he, he passed away. So they're doing, so they passed that kind of in his honor. He, he filed the bill. I think that was, I think that was like his, maybe his only bill or one of his first bills that he filed as a legislator. And then he passed away. So anticipate that one passing along. And then you should be able to see, um, you know, some pretty cool looking license plates out. And I actually, I con when I saw that, I contacted some of my, um, some of my colleagues to ask if they if they knew of any like concept art or if there had been any talks of like what it might look like. Um, I, they didn't know. I would imagine, you know, if it's been in talks, LSU probably has something, you know, in the works, but um, they won't release it for a while. But either way, I, I think it'll be kind of a cool thing to get, um, especially if, you know, I guess the thing about it, the thing about those license places, you got to have one anyway. So, you yeah. know, if you got to have one, and if you're not really a guy, you know, like, like Daniel, I know you don't like, you don't really like stickers on your car. You know, you're not, no, gonna I, I've got nothing on mine. <laughs> yeah. Daniel's an un, he's got an unmarked squad car, <laughs> but if you're, you know, if you're not really a sticker person or a or the, you know, like I've got a front license plate, but if that's not your style, you got to have a license plate. They're going to force you to, if you don't take it off, you're going to get in trouble. So why not make it a national championship one? Yeah, yeah, I try to try to keep my foreign clean, but if I have to spice it up a little bit, maybe go with the LSU one. You, Louisianians like to hang on to these championships, so you still see the like 2009 Saints license plates around sometimes. So maybe we'll see be seeing the 2020 LSU championship plate in 2035 when the players are like haven't even been born yet or still playing. We'll still be celebrating. Hopefully, we'll have at least one more championship by then. Well, well Daniel, like. You talk about like the saints, like people, you know what, like the, it's like the official t-shirt that I think you, you have, they give it to you when you drive in, when you move to Louisiana, the state just gives you the, the old like champions gray t-shirt in the gold in the white script. Yeah. Like a Super Bowl t-shirt. Everybody has one of those and everybody still wears them. <laughs> so you get it when, like when you move to Louisiana and you do your postal change of address, they, they ship it to you with all the community coupons. Yeah. Right? <laughs> They say you have to wear it at least once a month. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm since I'm not a current resident, I was going to ask one of you guys if I could just use your address, maybe you know, start up some bills and have them sent there, just so I'm legit, so that I could uh, get in on this this license plate thing. Because I I would really want one just for the sake of having one. Like you said, I want to I want to hang that plaque on the back of my car forever because it was a season for the ages and that's why you guys going to get one or what uh, i mean i gosh i don't know like i i already have like i said i've got i've got a front license plate that's like just says lsu on it and then i do have a a, a taf sticker on the back so like it's kind of it's a little bit different like it doesn't it doesn't say lsu on it it's just like a little tiger head um so like i feel like it might be a little bit overkill to get the license plate uh, right if i were to get a new vehicle then i might have to like man i might have to think about it there you go so i also but i think it's also important you got to see what it looks like you know what i mean like true i, I don't think like they're crap. gonna make, yeah like i don't think they're gonna make anything i don't think it's gonna look bad like all the license plates all the ones that lsu sells right now look really good but you know if it had like for instance i mean 
might be an unpopular take. If it had the uh, like the national championship logo that they like put on everything, I don't think I want one. Not that I don't like the logo, but I just wouldn't want that like permanently on my car. Yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, if I got it, I'd have to replace my Louisiana Podcasters Association license plate, but that might be a sacrifice I'll have to make. Dadle, do you think do you think the cops, like when they see your Podcasters Association license plate, do you think they kind of like, you know, if you're speeding, they just kind of let you go because they understand that you're a podcaster? I think they, I think they do. They, they know I might be on the air at the time. <laughs> they give you a police escort. <laughs> I, well, I was just curious. I mean, I know I, I would consider getting one, you know, of course, if the design looked good. Uh, but um, having said that, I don't know. I think that might just about do it for us. Um, I don't know if you guys had any last thoughts, um, but I don't know. I'll, I'll let you guys voice them now if you have any. Any last thoughts before we head out? Uh, not a good one, boys. Right on. Toms? Let me pull this up real quick. There was something I, I sent to Daniel like a, a little bit ago, and I wanted to say it on the podcast. Just give a shout out. Hold on. That's all right. Well, while well, you look for that, I will just say this is, is my final thought because I was able to watch, you know, the last dance. I think I watched the first five, maybe six. I forget. It was right when they were starting to get into the, you know, the gambling aspects of, of his life. Um, you know, kind of like the, the other documentary, just kind of jumped around from the early 90s to the late 90s to him nowadays, which I always thought it was funny. Like, he always seemed to have a cigar in his hands. Like, you mm-hmm. think one of the top athletes in the world, but yet he smokes cigars like it's candy. What about how they're just drinking Miller Lite after every game? Yeah, or during the game. <laughs> during yeah. some, some teams. But, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, I know he's, you know, not inhaling cigars, but still, it's just not, not a healthy habit. But um, I don't know, if you're Michael Jordan, you're the best, I guess. I suppose you could do that. But one of the, the my best quotes or my favorite quotes so far is uh, you know because they're getting into all this gambling stuff and they're they're asking him because I think it was before one of the finals. No, it was the Eastern Conference Finals games against the the New York Knicks. He had gone down to New Jersey with his dad or something to just you know kind of blow off some steam. He just wanted to get away from the city, get away from the game, just kind of get his mind off of it, which. I, I totally get, you know, but the reporters were asking him about it. And he said, do you have a gambling problem? And he said, no, I, I don't have a gambling problem. I can quit gambling anytime I want. I have a competition problem. <laughs> I thought that is hilarious. And that is so true. It's like so, some of these guys, it, it's not that he has a gambling issue and he like needs the money. Obviously Michael Jordan doesn't need the money to gamble. That's, I think that's what most gamblers have is they're trying to, make money just from winning which is based on luck he just he wanted to win so yeah. it's like, well you know for out of season if i'm not gonna play against the world's best in basketball I might as well bet it on golf or casinos or something i just thought that was a good quote yeah and, um, also another side thought i had was this guy that apparently jordan owes like a million and a half dollars to i want to know his story that is a good indie film that needs to be made. This Slim Burrell or whatever his name is, this guy that supposedly, you know, no one could beat Michael Jordan. No one, you know, everyone's in his debt. But supposedly this guy had Michael Jordan up into a debt of like a million and a half. I want to know that guy's story, right? Wouldn't you yeah. watch that? Especially since this guy got racked up on all these, uh, you know, there's like some drugs and distribution charges or something also. 
Especially if we got to, like, if it was, like, his, we got to see his side of the story. It was, like, a tell-all kind of thing. (laughs) Oh, man, that that wasn't what happened. That's all, it got me all wrong, see? Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Uh, No, I'd want to know that guy's story, because how did Jordan even get in front of a guy like that? That's what I want to know, but uh, I don't know. There's there's more. There's there's some more digging to do, but, um, yeah, thank you for not spoiling it. I got to watch the remaining episodes, and then I'll, I'll get back with you guys next week. Uh, but I don't know, Tommy. Did you ever? Did you find what you were looking for? Yeah. So, on uh, I thought this is just an important important thing to say. Uh, wide receiver Jare Jenkins for LSU put out a really profound tweet the other day. He said, "Don't be sending me no paragraph. That is too much to read." Which, like, <laughs> I think I think that especially in the age of Corona, where I saw some something. It's like the, in business, like Corona has shown that a meeting could be an email and an email can be a text or whatever. It's like, you know, save people's time. I think that's true. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm going to, I might put that as my, as my, uh, my signature at the bottom of all my emails. <laughs> Just like, Don't be sending me no paragraph. That <laughs> is too much to read. Because yeah. I mean, he said it better than he said it better than most can. So shout out to Jare Jenkins for 83 on the field. Don't but, be sending uh, me no podcasts. It's too much to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> Just give me the sound bites. All right. Well, that's that's some definitely some wise words to to listen to. Uh, and having said that, I think that'll just about do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Tune in next week. Who knows what kind of news we'll have for you? Maybe another new recruit that that seems to happen no matter what. Uh, and any other news outside the program, college football, or the world in general, we'll have it for you here on Talking Tigs because we're dedicated. So until next time. Stay safe, stay indoors if you need to, or get out and about if you need to. But uh, have fun, and we will talk to you next time on Talk to you.